Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about a Vikings victory. And it's something that, you know, many, many people, the vast majority, I mean, you would have to be a huge fanboy or fangirl to really think, yeah, man, we got this. Now, I do know a person who I work with, right? He did bet on the bikes. Money line. Didn't even take the points. It's like, okay, I'll give him credit. But the rest of you didn't see that coming, neither did we. Um, just a great all-around performance by damn near everybody on the team. Offense, defense, um, key turnovers, you know, when you really needed it. Containing the run. The offensive line, I mean, what, 10, 12 years ago? <laughs> that performance that we used to see on a much more consistent rate, I mean, it was uh, <clears throat> it was a thing of beauty. And then you add in the Gophers beating Iowa for the first time in Iowa since 1999. My goodness, my goodness. It's just a great Minnesota football weekend. And, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of democracy, right? But let's stop the count. I want to stop the count for just a month. I want to just bake in this, right? I just This really makes me think of, like, late 90s, early 2000s, beating the Cowboys. The turkey legs are like our Super Bowl trophy, you know? And then, you know, we know what happens in Vikings uh, history after that. But, yeah, man, what a fucking weekend. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. But it happened. So, obviously, we're going to, you know, Look bad at a look back, excuse me, at a great night, and then look forward because we do play at Lambeau Field. We'll go over that. Looks like uh, looks like it's almost winter coming around in about a a week or so. We see some highs, you know, in the 30s, lows in the 20s. So it's coming. It's definitely coming. And then, of course, you know, as you know, if you've listened, we will finish uh, the the podcast with a Gopher segment. Man, it's nice to have the pig home where it belongs. Anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Purple People Eaters podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio. However, you don't have to go to blog talk and rope it open, download the show there. You can find this Vikings podcast, Purple People Eaters, on a variety of platforms under the rope dope uh, radio, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, download the podcast app, Player FM, Google Podcasts. We also have a Living in Loserville Spricker page uh, that you should go sign up for. Go check it out. Go sub. Do all those things. While you're at it, why don't you uh, head on over to thegruelingshoot.com and Sports News 24. One more thing, direct TV stream, the MLB postseason is here. Sign up and catch every game live on direct TV stream. No satellite dish, no cable box required for a limited time. Save $30 for signing up. Choose the package that's right for you, starting at $64.99. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in my co-host and longtime friend, Aaron. Well, 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 I mean, kind of got to just uh, appreciate what happened this weekend? Because as we know, Vikings fans, Gopher fans, Minnesota football fans in general know it's a it's an uphill sled. It's a tough one, um, but I just can't believe we double dipped. 
I mean, when we beat Iowa, I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need anything. I'm good. I'm going to put my feet up. Um, but the unthinkable happened this weekend, my friend. Well, I mean, we picked the spread against Iowa. I shouldn't say we picked the spread, but we picked the low-scoring uh, game thing, and that turned out to be true, and you're right, as soon as we beat Iowa, which I was a little surprised by. Uh, I don't think I picked us to win down there. Uh, I don't remember, though, uh, last week. But <clears throat> that was that was all I needed for the weekend. And then who would have thought you would have saw the performance we saw last night from the Vikings? It's, you know, maybe once a season you see something like that. Hopefully it's going to be more. Um, we were talking a little off air about the consistency of the team or lack thereof, depending on which side of the fence you sit on. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just want to bottle that, right? Because the defense played really well. Uh, they seem to be improving. Um, Kirk played probably one of the better games I've seen him play. Um, offensive line was at least not a laughing stock. I thought they played pretty good, kept him clean against a very good defensive line who threw a lot at him. Um, I mean, you can say that the Niners might not be as good as we thought they were, but that defensive line is still as good. Uh, yeah, they weren't missing we anybody's thought. there, right? They weren't missing anybody's there. Um, so what a shocker. I was shocked. I still am a little bit shocked. I'm trying to avoid some knee-jerk stuff that's everywhere right now. Like, you know, we're going to Super Bowl-type talk. But it was nice to see you, Chris. I, I mean, uh, you even mentioned, you know, that they have a lot of fight in them. And I really thought, you know, as far as fight goes against San Francisco 49ers, I thought we brought it to them or at least as good or better uh, than they brought it to us. Oh, yeah. I mean, this has been a strange since the back end of 2020 after that horrendous start. Just having these two bad starts and then still, like, showing up with the same energy, actually more energy, I just – Usually, when we're a super talented roster in the in the past, we're front runners. That's generally what happens. We're front runners, and whatever it is, like we we know, like what was it, six and eight in 2021 in, in one score games. So 14 out of the 17 last year, 11 of them. It's it's just crazy. It's and then everyone this year, literally every single one, one score through seven. It's frustrating. It's, it's, you know, funny shit to watch. It's, it's a lot of things. But yeah, they just, they just don't know how to quit. And that's just not something that is normally, even with all the, the Hall of Famers and stuff, it, it's just not something we've seen from a roster. Now, you know, we weren't around watching the Vikes, uh, at least with the, knowing what the hell's going on in the 70s. So, uh, you know, those teams had heart. We know that. But, I mean, it's just this team just doesn't know how to quit, man. It, 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 it's really crazy. It really is. And But, of course, you know, we had to have a turnover early. But for back-to-back weeks, we now have the defense responding right away. And that was pretty good. We did have – and this is where Addison just came alive. And a ball that he had first got ripped – away from him he uh we'll talk about the payback and his his answer after the show to that or after the in the post-fight interview was really funny uh, when they're talking about that but for him to learn these lessons and then not be like oh i'll get him next week dude no the very next time that ball's in the air and it and it was actually not a ball 
that was more catchable for him, like the first one. It was the exact opposite for him to do that was pretty crazy. But going back to, you know, it was kind of like Cam and Harrison in there. The ball came loose. We recovered. And, you know, we've had so many things happen in the first quarter, first half. Um, But like I said, these last two weeks, the defense said, all right, I got you. Now what are you going to do? Well, what we did was from the nine-yard line, six-minute drive, um, you know, like you had Hawkinson on a third and 12. Hawk had another 22-yard pickup, a bullet shot for a first down to Addison. Nice 13-yard run by Madison. We had Addison and Madison. (laughs) Addison, a 20-yard TD. It's 7-zip, and it just felt good to get on the board, Aaron, early in the game, especially when it thought, oh, turnover in our zone. Oh, boy, here we go again. And we'll talk about the defense in a bit, but offensively, Chris, I thought besides the hiccup on that first drive, which is uh, becoming commonplace, uh, what an interesting uh, game plan against the Niners, and where has it been? We've been kind of waiting for it, especially last week when we lost Jefferson. We thought uh, first game without him. Uh, we'd see a lot more Hawkinson, Addison, Madison, all the Suns. Um, and we really didn't see that against the Bears, and maybe it's a difference in secondary or a difference in something else. But this week, uh, we did see a lot of Hawkinson, a ton of Hawkinson, a, a lot of, of Addison, a uh, little bit of Osborne, and a lot of creativity in the play calling and uh, formations and, and whatnot. Um so maybe there's an offensive kind of turn going on here as far as uh, structure and so on. And uh, the offensive line, you know, Reisner coming in seems to have helped. I know Cleveland went out to injury, so it wasn't like someone overtook him on the depth chart. But, you know, maybe that's something that's going to happen, or at least you have a nice backup guard that you can use. Um, but, yeah, I was really impressed with how they moved the ball it wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, short runs. Most of our runs were productive. Now, we didn't score a rushing touchdown yet. But uh, we did get some first down runs. Uh, we got some yardage on some runs. I thought Akers was running well. Uh, it was nice to see, like you said, that progress in the offense um, without Jefferson. And it bodes well for his return. Um, and then, you know, uh the defense being able to stiffen up, it's kind of been, you know, every week it's a little bit better, a little bit better. And uh, when we get into the defense part of the show, there's a lot to talk about there, but they're really coming along and I'm a believer in this defense. I really think that, uh, that they got something here. They just, you know, that right now it's a lot of glue and paste stuff, I think, which is a little yeah. more than I think Flores wants, but uh, you got to do that until you get, you know, the guys in the places that you want aces in places. And, Right now, it's just a lot of, you know, but it's working. Um, and, you know, we talked a little bit off air about the the schedule coming up. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But, yeah, I, the defense is definitely improving. And if the offense is coming along as well, um, I really – it's it's astonishing. I just – you know, I really want to reserve judgment on last night's game, you know, until I see it a little bit more. But, wow, was it nice to see. And, um I like the fact that that they're kind of just going outside of that box that they kind of created for themselves offensively, and they kind of broke out of it again, and I think that's that's necessary. Yeah, I mean, we bumped two in a row, three out of the last four, but the other two wins felt like, okay, we finally won, but 
you know, who was it against? Um, and now we have a quality win, 8 of 13 on third downs. Like you said, the mixture of everything, tight end, running back screen, short passes, intermediate, still taking the deep shots, plenty of them actually, too. But I really I, – I agree, man. I mean, we had 18 first down passes, you know what I mean? I mean, that that's – and then time of possession. And that's where the run game, especially in the first half, we established to run almost 35 to 25. You know, the number one team in the league coming in was San Francisco time of possession. You know who was the worst? Yeah, we know who was the worst. Most of that came down to fumbles. Um, we've been moving the ball pretty well on offense if it wasn't for those fumbles. Um, but I did like the mixture. You know, we know he comes, Coach K.O., from let's get it to one guy and throw it to him 18 times. And I'm not saying that doesn't have its pluses and all that. Um, and Jefferson loves it, right? But, man, just a maybe two, three targets take him away from Jefferson. I mean, if he's open, he's open. Anytime he's open, you want to get the ball to him. That's not what I'm saying. But we got to remember, through three years and some change, he's the most targeted receiver of all time. So when I say two or three, and and sometimes maybe three or four at a game, matters what's going on, matters the quality of corner on him as well. To spread it around and move the chains, I just think it's worth it. And like you said, both uh, Matson and Akers, we're running really hard, and we ran just enough, and uh, I loved it. Obviously, the negatives, we'll talk about, you know, some of the play call, uh, you know, at the end in, in the red zone. Um, but, yeah, man, in, in the offensive line, like I said, it's it's got to be – I mean, he didn't get sacked. He only got hit like four times. Usually Cousins is anywhere from 8 to 12 uh, getting time, hit every time. I mean, last year he got – just killed this year it's 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 still getting hit but not as much week in and week out so we got to start giving that offensive line more credit you know and, and that's the thing when you when you when there's pressure from just one area it's so much easier to move we know he's not spin and magically you know roll around and get his Mahomes or Burrow on but he can step up he can do these little things if he gets a decent pocket, not the best line in the league, but just decent, he can make it work. And, and a lot of top-level quarterbacks, not even t- talking top five elite, but top-level dudes that can produce, if you if they could just see where it's coming from and it only comes from one place on any given play, it does make it easier uh, just in general. And that's something where – a lot of times we know where it's coming, but then something else is coming and there's nowhere to go. Can't step in the pocket that doesn't exist. So um, I, I really, really liked what I saw. I mean, and when we went down on that, and here's the thing. When we went, we scored, right, that touchdown, 7-zip, we scored on five different, you know, drives in a row. And so you're looking at 10 plays, 89 yards, six minutes. Um, 13 plays, seven minutes, a quick strike under a minute to close. And that's where, obviously, Addison, having, you know, gotten beat off his route, not just beat off his route, he didn't actually get totally beat off his route, but he had it in his hand, the guy grabbed it from him, and it was like, oh, shit. But he made sure this one underthrown, um, he, I, I mean, he ripped that. It's one thing that seemed like to me where you just 
bat it down, right? The old rule of bat it down. Just bat it down, Addison. Please bat that one down. You're there. You got him beat. Just bat it down. No. Oh, and he's still running. It's just crazy. He did this in the, what, the Eagles game, too, where you're like, not only did he come down on the catch, but he didn't lose his footing at all. He's just running in, no problem. So he really came up. But when you look at some of these drives in the second half, um, another field goal drive when the first time we touched the ball, 11 plays, almost five minutes. Another field goal. Now, we'll talk about that, too, but over five minutes, 10 plays. And here's another thing. Aaron, about three and outs, right? And, and of course, you're going to have some. But even that, they they made it 22-17 to with a field goal. But even that seven-play, four-minute drive moved the ball. You you got to half, you know, to the halfway point. Like, just just getting six or seven plays instead of three and out goes a long way. Now, obviously, we could talk about we, we missed a field goal. Missed the extra point, of course. That's just money. But... We missed the field goal, and, and you know, I, I will say, you know, back-to-back, you know, bush-push, tush-push, whatever, back-to-back. I, I realized the last two weeks we did document that Cousins picked up, uh, four, I think it was three first downs, two-and-one game. I think that was last week, and it was short yardage. But short yardage of third-and-one, middle of the field, and short yardage of goal, it's two different things, right? So I didn't necessarily like the play calls down there. If you're going to run it, just try to run it. Um, we're seeing in college and the pros, not everybody not everybody can duplicate what they have there in Philly. They better get it while they can. You never know. They may outlaw But um, I just – the only thing I had is a little issue with some of the red zone calls, right? And then at the end, you know, when you're moving, you're moving it. You know, you got it. You, you got you're in. You're at the 36 first and 10, right? You're coming off uh, Addison third down, coming back in. You know, to the game, made that great move, got uh, a penalty on him again, but he, he managed to break free, got that first down. It's first and 10, 36, and thir- at the 36, negative four rushing yards. Okay, now you're now you're you're second and 14. Okay, I could see running one more time. He got four yards. We got the game back. But it's third and ten. You're wheeling and dealing. I'm not saying you have to go for the end zone. But I would have liked to not just run on third down. I thought we'd get a little too conservative, and it came back to bite us with a long miss from a field goal. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about in that uh, rant there. I think that uh, let's go first with the offensive line. It seems like they drew a line in the sand somehow, and we're like, no more. You know, whether that's Reisner being in mentally or physically, um, to just kind of say, look, this is not going to happen. But the flip side that's of that is a great way to put it. That is a great way to put it. Drew a line but, in the sand. Oh. But then the flip side of that is a little bit of hubris going for the tush push twice. <laughs> okay, you're you're improving, yeah, but yeah, this yeah. is the great defensive <laughs> line. You might not pull Let's that not off. Get over overconfident yeah. here against these guys. Um, so, yeah, that was a little bit questionable. The first one wasn't. I thought the second one was questionable. It was like, all right, it didn't work sure. once. Maybe try something else. Um, uh, you mentioned the kicker a little bit. I don't want to say his name again. Uh, it wasn't his greatest <laughs> night. Um, we'll say that and leave it at that. Uh, but, again, make the extra points. I mean, that's that's the first thing. That's the fundamental thing there. 
50 yarders. <laughs> we'll give and take. You can have a percentage of 50 yarders. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but make the extra points. That's an upset on that. And then red zone play calling, like you said, Chris, it's – I don't know – if you can't run the ball in situations, short yards, you got to do something, right? Uh, screens have been working a little bit better, tight end screens. Uh, they even tried a little jet sweep. Um, so, I mean, you got to give them options, but at the same time, it would be nice if this offensive line could work on a little short yardage rushing so that if you get down in the zone, you're not trying to do tush pushes. You've got enough oomph in you to get your running back in. And I think Akers runs hard enough. I know Madison runs hard enough. If you get uh, the blocking you need uh, in the red zone, I think you'll be able to rush the ball there. And now the play you're talking about with Addison uh, right after he got the penalty uh, drawn on him. Um, I'm not exactly sure the play you're talking about, but I'm thinking that it was third and 12 and they ran the ball. Um, Yeah, it was first and 10 at the 36 and we had three runs in a row. Oh, I mean, maybe that's just trying to score, fit a square peg into a round hole there, it's just trying to get some something going on the ground or a clock situation. But nonetheless, you've been moving the ball through the air all day yeah. um, with with success. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of deal there. And uh, Addison had been getting separation except for that, like I said, that first drive. Uh, he had found a way to just get in number seven. And just work him all game. And this kid, I'm telling you, Chris, I don't want to go on the gushing Addison rant right now, but <laughs> man, you know, we have this knack of getting guys um, ever since AC when we were young. It's um, crazy. It's just been a pipeline of receivers. And, you know, wish sometimes I wish it was franchise quarterbacks, but it's been receivers here. And uh, this Addison kid, I mean, not only his numbers here, because he hasn't gotten that many targets compared to what Jefferson had gotten, but the plays he's making, Chris, at his size. Uh, his speed, his yeah. audacity a lot of times. Uh, he was getting press coverage, and we thought he'd have a problem with that at 171 pounds, and he found his way around that pretty damn quickly. And, uh, you know, he seems to be in good uh, communication with Kirk. They seem to know what their reads are. And uh, he catches tough passes. I mean, there's a lot to say about this kid. You want to just continue with it. But um, just been very impressive. I mean, even like you mentioned, the the payback catch, I've watched it a couple of times, and uh, he kind of anticipated what Seven was going to do on that play and found a way to get the ball. You know, like Seven tried to get in front of it, and he put it. It's mm-hmm. just it's a work of art there that it they really pulled off. And How do you stay on his feet, too? Yeah, and he has a knack for that, too. He's bouncing around. You know, Percy was like that, but uh, Percy was a little bit uh, thicker. You know, he yeah, had a little, little bit more, more meat on him. He'll go through him. you, too. Right, and this kid's just quick, and he's different than, you know, he's kind of the size of Devontae Smith, but a different play style, like a little bit, uh, right, right. I would say, stronger in his play style than, than that. So they're interesting receivers. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a interesting how to see. It will be interesting to see uh, how they integrate both of them with targets and so on. But you're right, taking a couple targets off Jefferson, I'm sure, is not going to piss him off. and. Um, especially if you got guys getting open and maybe say goodbye to the brackets, say goodbye to the doubles, which is what we wanted. Now we're entering this part of the schedule. It's it bodes well. Um, but back to the original point, offensive line and and so on. I, I just think it's if this offensive line continues this Reisner or no Reisner, whatever. I think he's probably in to stay though at this point. I'm 
pretty sure they are not going to. Coach had a lot of good things to say about him in the press right. conference. Um, and, you know, maybe he sat on the bench those two weeks going like, what the fuck is this shit, you know? Um, and then got in and was like, all right, boys, this is how it's going. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, if you can get that, work on the run game a little bit, I, I think, you know, offensively, and I think it might even shocked o- O'Connell a little bit, and he started getting a little, you know, get going on his play calling because right. he saw his line was being efficient, and he probably was dreading uh, that San Francisco defensive line just as we were. Um, and you know, that can get you to call two push pushes in the same drive, you know, I mean, yeah. if things are working, they're rolling. So, um, I really thought, uh, it was just kind of all things clicked and, um, offensively and you could have got, you could have had more points there, Chris. I mean, you really could have, we left yeah, some yeah. points on the field there. Probably about 10, probably about 10 of them. Yeah, you're right. We definitely could have, uh, cleanly won that game, but you know, that's the the mid twenty twenty team. I don't know why they can't blow teams out. They barely get blown out themselves. But you want to put thirty and zero on us? All right, no problem. We're coming back. Like it just it just doesn't make any sense, dude. But uh, yeah, and, and like you said, uh, Addison four four hundred yards, six TDs in seven games. I mean, do the math. If he had double digits TDs and eight hundred yards, if you would have told us that in September. I'd be like, sign me up. Can we extend him this year, or do we got to wait? Do we have to wait? Because I'll extend him right now. Um, he's a quick learner. The way he shows his back on a route, like I'm going this way. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not going that way. I mean, this fucking guy is a technician, dude. Um, yeah, man. It, it's well, CC told looking. us. CC told us in the in the uh, in the off season. But you got to take what he says with a grain of salt because he's. He's a little hyperbole about a lot of things. And you're like, all right, CC, maybe you're just trying to, you know, gas this kid up. But, right, right. you know, um, I have to think that when it comes to receivers and the Minnesota Vikings, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to say things he doesn't mean. And uh, he really had some nice things to say about him. And I, I think he was, he was right about it. I just think we, we I think we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. And that's yes. kind of the scary part is like, okay, you have Jefferson who, if this is the way it's going to go and you've only seen the tip of the iceberg with Addison, you're going to have your speed guy. And then Jefferson's going to turn into this possession type guy. Right. He's going to catch 112, 120 a year, a lot of first downs, move the chain guy because he does. he's not the fastest catch uh, red zone touchdowns. And then you're going to have Addison right, right. catching your, your long balls. And if you could throw another third in there somehow, get lucky in the draft or, or you know, somebody – you know, maybe Naylor comes in. I hey, mean, Powell. Powell's been showing me for a third. You know, I like Powell. Yep. Or just a guy whose game fits that. Like, I, I guess that would be like maybe a, a tall, strong guy, like an A.J. Brown body type. Obviously, sure. one so A.J. We Brown, you're not going to get, yeah, right, yeah. get A.J. Brown uh, again. I but, um, you know, maybe a different skill set in there. Um, you know, you Red could be into some dangerous, dangerous things and – you know, I really think though, Chris, offensively now it's time to. If you have these parts, now you're not going to get full boxes. You could start to work on that running game, screen game, that yes. kind of stuff to help yes. your offense improve in the future. Exactly, exactly. And you know, not trying to put them on the Jefferson level, but it is. We tried to hold off in 2020. Remember this, Aaron? We tried to hold off on Jefferson. We're like, I just don't. I don't want to talk about it. The guy, oh, fuck, another week. Another guy, another week. Like, he just kept 
doing more stuff, and then maybe a 50-50 ball, he'd have some issues in the game. Not for the rest of the season, then. You know, he's just, oh, man, this kid, man, this kid, even if he's 70% of J.J., it's it's really unbelievable, man. It's really, and that's why I think, you know, the QB situation, whatever it is, uh, it's a pretty good spot to land, especially if the, the offensive line continues to be pretty good in the coming years. I mean, it is a hell of a place for a quarterback to start out. I mean, that's for sure. Talk about, you know, uh, having, like, you know, backup plans and, oh, I can always go to this type shit. Um, now, defensively, big thing we saw was the five-man front. Five defensive lines filling the gaps, uh, timely pressures. Cont- I mean, beyond that touchdown run, missed tackle, we get it. Um, I mean, we contained the shit out of the run. And we said, you, Purdy's got to beat us. And he didn't beat us. I think you nailed it there. I mean, I was worried sick about McCaffrey. I thought maybe he'd be, get lucky and he'd be injured. But he's the kind of back that just usually tears us up. And, you know, if you're going to put him through the middle, you know, we don't have much there to, to stop him. And But uh, they – you know, we did interesting. So we put in the five. This defense, by the way, Chris, we talked a little bit off air about how it's just improved every week, and that's what you want to see. And, like, he doesn't necessarily have the parts and pieces that he probably wants, but he's in there with bubble gum and duct tape and, like, just doing what he's got to do to get uh, the best out of it. And it's working, and it's pretty cool to see. I mean, you're using Lowry, uh, the Harrison guy in there. Uh, you're seeing Bullard in there. These are guys. Yeah, Bowler's uh, been uh, sparking lately. Yeah, these are guys that you didn't see a lot of last year. Most um, Bowler, by the way, even starting to see the Tonga kid um, yep. in there a lot now. So he's using all the kind of pieces that he needs. Linebackers are small, uh, but Hicks has played well. And then we can go on a little talk about Bynum, but overall defensively, um, you kind of start to understand what's going on with it. A lot of pressure you're going to give, you're going to take, um, a lot of blitzing, uh, a lot of different things. And like you said, they're going to make Purdy beat you. You're going to take away McCaffrey. You're going to take a young quarterback. You're going to confuse the shit out of him. And you're going to sit back there and, and make him beat you. And I think there's a lot of those quarterbacks coming up on the schedule. Um, we kind of went over that a little bit. Um, but, uh, I'm impressed. I have to say, uh, more impressed than I was last week. I think I said I was impressed last week. I'm, I'm impressed this week even more with just how he's doing it, how it's coming together. I think different game planning uh, that's going on for diff- – you're not just seeing the kind of one-size-fits-all defense. You're seeing, okay, this week we're playing these guys. They do this. Let's do this, you know, and that's what I want to see, adjustments and movements and guys doing different things, and uh, and so far it's working now. I only wish now that maybe we'd put a little bit more stock in some defensive guys in the draft, but we did have limited picks, so I understand how that went. But, um, yeah, I mean, just imagine this defense. Uh, let's say, you know, Flores is here for two to three years, you know, cross your fingers, knock on wood, but, and just get some parts that he's going to like and through free agency in the draft. Uh, wow. I mean, this could be back to a top five defense very quickly. In fact, I think we could get to eight, seven, maybe nine by the end of the year. And, uh, and this is just, you know, with the defensive line is not different than it was coming out of training camp, man. These are the same guys. Yeah. 
And that's the shocking part about it is getting the best out of what you got. And he's doing a great job of that. Yeah, he is, man. I mean, like I said, from afar, I've always respected him. But now that I'm seeing it play out, it's just it's just crazy that no one beyond an advisory role would touch him. It's not. It's actually not crazy. <laughs> we know why. It's fucked up, actually, is what I meant. But I love that we're like, no, he's a hell of a coach. He showed he could be a head coach. We know he's a defensive mind. Yeah, until you get a head coach, head coaching job, until that lawsuit gets figured out, you're here, buddy. Like, we're, we got you. Like, we're not going to have you just advised. You know what I mean? And it's got to take a lot off the plate of Coach KO. They do have, you know, way back in the day, uh, his rookie year, KO. They were on the – when he was like a, you know, assistant probably putting the tape together, you know, type thing. And it's just – it's really – it's awesome to see Flores. And like you said, Cam, you know, two INTs. The second one was just a great play. Didn't – he even said, I jumped a little early, but, I, you know, he definitely, like, got high this time. Um, I mean, it, that was great. And just, just overall, man, I mean, the five-man front out of nowhere knowing, you know – that we need to stop these run. We need to fill these gaps. Let's make someone else beat them. And we're really seeing Hunter expand his game. He he was the only one with the sack his ninth of the season. He passed uh, Griff for seventh all-time now. Um, I'm in favor of extending him. We, we actually saw Evans starting to play pretty good again. We're starting to see Booth Jr. get yep. in there. Yeah, and everybody, Chris, everybody wants to, you know, the narrative is we're seeing the waste of traffic. Uh, I'm sorry, but seeing can't break the lineup because this third-year guy, Bynum, is playing out of his mind right now. Um, And it's like, okay, you know, that's good yellow insurance. And we don't know how well Seen is going to play. We saw him in the preseason or whatever. But, um, you know, I don't want to be taking Bynum out anytime soon. So, you know, sorry, seen, but you're going to ride the pine for a little while and, and uh, you know, fill in for a guy who might get hurt. But, uh, yeah, that's where Lewis seen has been is, is right behind Cambine. Yeah. And, and you got to work your way into that third safety spot then because you got beat out by that, too. I mean, it is what it is. Here's Alec Lewis, who now covers the bites this year. Quality reporter. This is from True Media Sports talking about Brian Flores, defense and blitzing and all that. Um, he said, this is an interesting point, though. The Vikings have run a drop eight coverage on 45 snaps this year, which uh, is close to double than any team. And they've had a very high success rate doing it. So it just shows you the layers of this guy. And, uh, you know, it, it's like defense that keeps up with what's going on in the league this, you know, right now, here and now. Um, and that's no shot at Zimmer. After a while, I mean, people stole his shit for a long time. You know what I mean? So, you know, what's he going to do? You know, um, but a lot of that had to do with injury. It did suck that our defenses were that bad in, in 20 and 21, but a lot of that had to do with injury. Let's not forget. I mean, look what Hunter's doing right now. Um, and that only brings in, you know, now that we know Davenport's at least out for a month, kind of sounds like it may be more. Do you get a defensive end out there, at least a third down specialist who can get it, you know, whose specialty is getting to the quarterback? Do you go make a move? We still have $10 million to spend cap-wise. Do you make a move 
for a DN or, or some sort of outside linebacker, you know, slash I get to the fucking quarterback. When do you need me? Where do you need me, Flores? Send me to the quarterback. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we've been asking that for the last couple of weeks on the trade deadline and so on. Is like, okay, well, we'll, you know, a lot of people say, well, after last night, Vikings won't be sellers. But I think if they had a plan going in, then they're probably going to stick to the plan. Um, I'm not sure. Again, I think we, you and I are in agreement on Hunter. He's still in his prime. He's a cornerstone position. Um, I won't say it's foolish to get rid of him because you will get something back, but unless that something is, you know, a deal we can't refuse, like, you know, two firsts, which is nice. Yeah. Or, you know, first and a second or, or some, you somewhere you just like, God, we kind of have to do this. It's just so much. Um, then you keep him. I, I don't understand. I don't really think he's begging for a trade or anything like that. So if you can keep him, obviously you keep him. And, um, as far as getting more help, uh, you know, Davenport would have been nice, uh, but he's had injury problems and that's just the way it's been with him and, uh, throughout his career. And here he is on the IR again. And, um, you know, it's hard to say what's out there, Chris, as far as, uh, you know, guys that fit that mold. I think Wanham can step into that. Everybody seems really jacked on this defense. Everybody's playing better. So it's like, do you have the guys in house that can come up and do the job? I mean, even Booth now is seeing playing time when I thought he was a lost cause. Uh, a rookie was starting in front of him and now that rookie's on the bench and Booth's in there. And you know, I didn't notice him last night. I didn't notice him good or bad. Generally when Booth's in there, you're noticing him from penalties and so on. And so, I thought that was uh, very interesting uh, as far as uh, the secondary is concerned. And they have, like, you know, there are guys here, man. And, you know, I think that I guess I'd stand pat and just try to get the best out of what you got to answer your question quickly. But if there is obviously something in the wind out there that you can grab and take, this will help us outside linebacker type of guy who's better than Wanham. Uh Pat Jones you're not seeing a lot of anymore, which is interesting. But, um yeah, I mean, it depends on what you see out there, Chris, but I would say you probably stick with the guys you have, but you do have that extra money. Maybe you can get another guard or something. I'm not sure, but, uh, I would say, you know, I don't know where I stand right now. If you ask me next week, maybe I got a better answer about where I stay on the buy or sell at the deadline type of thing, because I just, you know, this, the way the schedule's lined up and, and everything, it's like you could make a run here, but is that going to be a net positive or a net loss? And, I guess we won't know until the games are played. <clears throat> but um, as far as Hunter and and that, I'd say keep Hunter if you can. Um, but sign him, man. Get this guy. If you're yeah. going to keep him, pay Don't him let man. him hit the market. Pay Don't let the him hit man the because this guy's been paying under budget for so long, and he's been productive. And, yeah, I know he had a couple injury seasons, but uh, well, back he's back now. Prime, you know, back you know. to back seasons now he's been healthy. So maybe, you know, give that $10 million to Hunter and, and – uh, and let him stick around. That's, I guess that's what I got to say about that. As far as getting other guys, it, it depends on who those guys are, Chris. But yeah, if there's somebody you think can help, I got no problem with, with going and trying to get somebody that you think can help. And, you know, maybe you do a trade. I don't know if I want to give away draft picks this year necessarily, but that's a whole different matter. Um, but if you can pick up a guy that you think can come off the edge on that other side, but really, Chris, I think the problem is nose tackle, like a big, a big guy. Sure. Yeah. It was mobile. You know, if you can, that would be the piece that I would be trying to figure out uh, how to get that filled. Yeah. And I think that'd be less difficult in the free agency. Um, but yeah. Um, and, and you know, that we can't really give Hunter the 10 million this year because he's already signed in for his deal this year, but 
like, even if it is just depth, then, okay, let's say Davenport never really comes back full force. At least we have depth. One or, you know, knock on wood, one or DJ get hurt. You know, just that alone. And, and like you said, I'm not looking to, uh, you know, buy majorly and go give a first rounder unless it would be just a truly uh, a difference maker type guy. But it, they would really have to be a difference maker and someone that we see in our future who's in his 20s, no doubt. Um, because like what about I said, like Chase Young? What about that guy? What would you give for that? I don't know exactly what I'd give. <laughs> exactly. But, like, but I, I would I help. Yeah. Give a fair amount. Yep. I would def. I think that's a guy that, because when people say, oh, you draft, okay, but we are, so if we did give a first rounder, that's our first round draft. You know, we know what he does on the field. We don't have to hope he did. Well, he did this at Georgia. He did this at, you know, Texas a Yeah, but he did this in the pros. So we know. This guy can do it. So to me, that's worth it because you're not giving away your future because you just got a draft pick who you could sign. So that's another thing, too. So, yeah, it, it varies. I, even a third down specialist outside linebacker just for depth. Only third down. DJ takes the other stuff. That's cool. Um, but, yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, if, if we were sitting at, you know, five and two, I'd have a different mentality, but yeah, it's still, you know, you don't want to sell your future. Um, but man, something like that, I'm glad you, you know, and the other guy's smart on that same team. They both haven't even talked about negotiations about a contract. It's like, you're not going to keep one of them. Okay, man. Sure. Whatever. Do you, I know it's new ownership. Um, at green Bay Sunday, high noon, uh, the high is 38 degrees. Rain in the forecast, for whatever reason, the fall is spring now in Minnesota. Of course, we know the reason. Mother Nature's like, all right, you're going to fuck with me, I'll fuck with you. Um, so Watson is questionable. He, he hurt his knee on the last drive last week. Um, their safety, Savage, doubtful as we speak. Campbell, linebacker, solid linebacker, he's questionable. Alexander, the corner, questionable. That would be a huge miss if, if they don't have Watson and Alexander that would be pretty big Cleveland's really the only guy as far as who's not on the IR who's questionable um and like you mentioned you know Reisner definitely filled in nicely um seeing some of that all 22 that people post because you know there's not much access for it anymore but yeah man that, that dude he's making that second block too oh there's help over here let me help you Bradbury you know like that that's the veteran stuff that he's seen it, and, and we don't have to put him in the Pro Bowl or All-Pro, just be solid, and that's good enough. Now, you know, that run game is going to be key, especially if it's rainy and stuff like that. And, and to be fair, I mean, I think you got to at least try to establish it and because they're giving up 143 yards per game. Like, that's a lot of college. That's a huge amount in the pros, and they're only – you know, we're like in the 70s right now. I think we're like 75, let me look, 75 per game, which we know we need to keep improving that. But they're only 91 per game. So it's not like they can run the shit out of the ball either. They have a solid defense, but it, it has somewhat taken a step back this year. Um, it's, it's even money right now as we speak. Even on the road, that three and a half, it's even over under 43. That's a good number. Vegas knows what they're doing there because it's like, I can see under, but then again, you know, it's like, 
how windy is it going to be? I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts here, man? Because this is obviously, you know, to make it three in a row, to get a quality, just to get a win against a rival on the road. Anytime you can win in Lambeau, it's a good thing here. It is. Border battle. <clears throat> I think it's a big test. Um trap game could you say except for you know probably not um let down game i'd say let down yeah that's the fear here is that you come off uh viking way generally has <laughs> come off a big win uh be riding high and then just come out and lay an egg um something about the squad chris like you said the fighting them i don't think we're going to see the egg um what we got to do is not see the turnovers and uh you know, kind of be mutters because they got a mutter over there in, in Dylan, and uh, you got to be able to tackle him, especially on a cold day at Lambeau. Um, and rainy, that's not going to help either uh, if, if that is indeed the case. Uh, I think we defensively, we mentioned a little bit about Flores and young quarterbacks, and you're going to throw a lot at Jordan Love um, just to see what he knows and what he doesn't about NFL offense and NFL defenses. So I like that matchup, our defense against Love. Um, with Alexander out, that helps a lot. Like you said, I'm not sure if you said he was definitely out or maybe no, out. No, no, it's just questionable. Just so questionable. That would be huge. That would be huge. Um, it'd be nice to have Jefferson. Man, it would be nice. Um, you know, because it's going to be a slower track. Uh, you know, Addison might not be as effective, but you're going to have to use your tight ends, Hawkinson and, and those guys. Um, I, Look, this is a tough one to call. I think Vegas is right on the over-under there. I would take the over uh, for me because I think it's going to be uh, offensively. You're going to they're going to score on the ground. They're going to run the ball at you, and I think uh, we're going to throw the ball um, quite a bit, uh, regardless of the weather. So I think the points will be there. It's just you know, offensively, can we? improve or at least stay as effective as we were against the Niners. That's a lot to ask on the road in Green Bay, but that's really the true test there. If you can do that, I like the Vikings. I like the Vikings here. Um, if if you tell me that they're going to play as well as they did, or at least with the same fire that they did and the same play calls and the same ingenuity and the same everything, uh, offensive line and so on, uh, I like the Vikings here. Now, the letdown is what's kind of sticking in my craw here. Um, so I'm going to say we win. I'm going to say we win this game um, by three. Because um, I'm going to be positive about this game coming off the, the Niners game. But there is a part of me inside that's saying, eh, you know, this could be, yeah. this could get ugly. Um, uh, and we could lose this one. But I'm not, I'm not, Stifle that part of me for this week. I'm going to pick a win. I'm going to pick a win by three. Uh, so I'm going to say something like uh, 27-24 um, field goal win. Uh, probably something close to the end. Last, last, you know, last team with the ball wins. So I like the Vikings here. And uh, I think it's the beginning of a stretch of games here that uh, depending on how you look at what this offseason is going to be like, um, is a good thing or a bad thing, but I think you can, you can make hay here in these next, uh, six, seven, eight games. Actually, I think we even pointed out that towards the end of the season, you're just looking at Detroit. So 
in a late ass um, buy too. In a late ass buy, so you know, uh, it's hard to say. I, I initially I did not see the schedule working the way that it worked, but um, you know, if you can continue this play, and that's Cousins, that's the offensive line, and the and the defense continuing to improve every week, um, you could go on a run here. So I'm going to say we win, and it's the beginning of of, of a, a slew of games that we win. Yeah, I mean, knock on wood fumbles. Got to contain that. Also, you know, the lead league still, even though we only had one last night, we still lead the league in drop passes. So we can't, you can have one or two a game, we get it. Just like uh, you fuck up one or two times or Cousins throws a bad one or two. That's normal shit. But we can't have no five, seven type drop balls. Because that is the tough thing where you're just like, you know, what the fuck, dude? We're so close. That that was a walk-in touchdown. It's funny that you say three because that's exactly what my number circled is. 23 to 20, the Vikings get it done. It's a one-score game because that's all we know how to be in. Um, So, yeah, let's hope that that's, you know, let's hope that we get it done. Now on to the Gophers. Okay, the first time. Winning at Iowa since 1999, first time in like seven years, first time for Fleck, first time since 1993 that we had the axe and the pig all together. I mean, it's just, you know, sure, you know, I called the upset, but still, you know, but still, you know, I, I, I won two out of my three bets on this. Um, right away, it opened at five and a half. I bought it to plus seven for the Gophers. Thought, well, they can keep it close. Went under because it was. I got it early with the thirty-two and a half. Went down to tied the lowest. I think there's three of them now that are thirty and a half. Everyone has to do with Iowa, by the way. They have four out of the, the four out of the six lowest over unders, which makes sense. Um, and then once it did drop to three and three and a half. I'm looking at a minus 70 for Iowa, and I'm like, geez, minus 170? Hold on. I'm going to put the money line on there. So I had three different bets, one, two out of three of them. Um, It finally happened. You know, the odds – the only reason why I predicted is because it's just sheer odds. Like, it's bound to fucking happen. These last two years on offense, we, we, we suck on offense, right? But these mother effers suck on offense. So it's like they're probably not going to be this bad on offense these last two years, you know. And it's crazy. Last year, Mo went for 250 on him, and we still lost. Late fumble, late interception. So it was just an odds thing. Um, something had to give, especially right now with Iowa's offense or lack thereof. Um, and it fucking happened finally, man. It finally happened. We shut down their run. The second half, um, the Greek rifle came alive. Out of 126 passing, Jackson still found a 100-yard game. Um, 113-11. Three yards in the second half total with all the lost yards uh, that you know, our defense stood up for. 35-24. to 24. You know, 35-25. 24-35. That's what the time of possession is. We know that's what you got to do to them. It's just, it finally happened, dude. And we've been saying it for the last couple of weeks, Aaron. This season is now focused on Iowa. That's the only way you can even get 
probably get to a bowl game if you look at it, um, you know, the way it was going. Um, yeah, of course, the 31-10 to 10 fourth quarter lead on Northwestern just hurts so bad now. You know, it's it's crazy, you know, to, to, to be – we could be 5-2 and two right now, only lost to Michigan and on the road at North Carolina, but it is what it is. Um, five games left. We'll be favored in at least three of them. If not four, we'll see, you know, at Purdue, we'll see where they're at. Maybe it'll be even money. I don't know. But it's just nice to finally beat Iowa Duke because we went through all those numbers last week about the 22 to 19, blah, 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 blah. You know, Johnson dropped the walk-in touchdown. Like, it just, it finally had happened. And I know the punt return people are freaking out. But the, the rule does state what it states and if you go back to the uh the but what the hell was the the the, the back team we played miami of ohio mm. or no it wasn't miami of ohio but anyway that actually happened to us and that is a lot more common than you think but the second you say it's a dead ball or get the fuck away from it to your teammates it's dead wherever it gets recovered it can't be moved unless of course you know an iowa guy it bumped off his ankle or something like that. But the second you say get away to your teammates, it's a dead ball. That The rule states what the rule is. And they, the, the, the rest looked at it. The TV was saying step out of bounds. The rest didn't say anything about step out of bounds. They said let's make sure he didn't do some shit. Plus it's a scoring play. And when you score, they're going to look at it. So it is what it is. Like I said, Mo had 250 last year, and we lost the game. So coulda, woulda, shoulda, that's all it has been against Iowa. So, hell yeah, I'll take an ugly win, my friend. I'll take an ugly win and the pig. But at the end of that game, I was like, you grab that pig and get the hell out of there right now because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't be celebrating. Just get to get there. Go, go. Let's get on the bus. Let's go. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was an interesting <laughs> way to lose it to win, but uh, – yeah, I was aware of the rule. I thought that I thought it was kind of like a, a, a cheating thing going on there, where they kind of put the refs in a position to make that call. And if the refs decided they didn't want to make that call, you know, it's kind of one of those things like, "We'll try this and see what happens." And I think, you know, wave your hand, but not whatever you do, don't put it above your shoulder, you know, type of thing <clears throat> by Hayden because he's an old guy. He, you know, what turnabouts, fair play. What do they say? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah, um, exactly. And so, you know, I, I think it was one of those kind of deals, and the refs did make the right call, um, but they had to go, you know, look for it to find it. Hold on, I've got to go. Um, so, yeah, he, you know, lucky win, I can't really say that, because besides that kick return, you were kind of playing tit for tat with them all the way through. It uh, wasn't an offensive, you know, great game, if, you want, if you're into offense, but if you like defense, it's a pretty damn good game, and Newbin had a great game. Um, I thought, you know, like you said, you were kind of focused on Iowa for the season one, just, you know, because we had beat them two because of the way things played out. I, I really wish this, we would have got this win like in 2019 or something when we, you know, when we had a lot riding on it. Um, but we'll take it. We could have went to the Rose Bowl. (laughs) Just a lot, 250 from Mo, like you mentioned. And it's still, I mean, it's like, come on. They came up here last year. It's like. Uh, but finally got that monkey off our back, and uh, you could see PJ was elated. You know, he's like, oh, yeah. I know that is. 
Yeah, got this one, you know. So now he's beat Wisconsin. He's beat Iowa. I mean, he's probably going to get another extension. You know, say hello to Fleck as long as he wants to be here now. Um, he's kind of got all the trophies in the case. Uh, he's got a, a real rivalry with Wisconsin, a real rivalry with Iowa. All the all the fundamentals of uh, gopher football uh, are there. Um, now the conference, we've been saying it since week one of this show, the conference is going to change. Things are going to change around, and it'll be interesting to see next year how that all pans out. But um, as for now, I mean, that, like you said about the loss of Northwestern, it hurts more and more every win, every game. Uh, you could have had that one, changes the whole trajectory of your season. Like you said, all you'd have is a loss to Michigan. You're supposed to have that, and a loss to Carolina on the road. I mean, Carolina's having a hell of a year, so. Um, but, you know, that's a woulda, coulda, shoulda. Uh, now we go on to what is the next defining moment, and I'd say that'd be beat Wisconsin. You know, do the I don't know if we've we've kind of traded back and forth with them. Keep the axe here while the pig is here, and now that's I would say that's success in any year. You get the axe and the pig, regardless of your record. Obviously, you want to do a lot more, but um, if you can do that in the year, um, that would keep most Gopher fans happy. Um, but yeah, I you know, Ethan still uh, I'm, I'm mixed feelings on him. First half, um, second half, completely two different guys, and that's yeah. the top. consistency. Yeah, consistency. And what is he uh, technically a sophomore, uh, but on the field of pretty much a freshman, he's played what nine, ten games so far, something like that. Something like that yep. So there's room for growth. I just don't want to see him, you know, imp- I want to see him exceed what Morgan did, and I think that might be asking a lot at this point. Yeah, especially without the the two all conference, all Big Ten, you know, thousand yard receivers. Um, but they're, you know, a lot of those were just, you know, short passes. They did the rest, so he still could be better, like you said. And and, and also like, you know, him running at at certain crucial times instead of always holding on to it like Morgan used to. I still see, you know, he's got. Beyond this year, he's got two more years eligibility. So, I mean, got time to grow into it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, hard-nosed running, you know, when we needed it. Got over 100 yards. You know, Evans and Taylor. Uh, one's a true freshman, Taylor. One's a redshirt freshman, Evans. Um, like I said, 100 and was it 126 passing yards, 101 and seven catches went to Daniel Jackson, who, by the way, has another year eligibility. Beyond like Newman and, and Bo, the center, there's a lot of guys that are coming back, um, even if you lose some. Um, it's, it's, it's a young team, inexperienced team in some areas, but it's starting to get this experience, no doubt. Um, and when you look at it, Michigan State comes in, you know, will we have a letdown? That's going to be key not to. I don't care if it's triple overtime. You got to beat Michigan State right now. Right now, you got to beat Michigan State. They're a down program. Yep. They're, we, we, we kicked their ass last year on the road. So they're going to be, you know, seeing those, uh, that film again. Um, so it'll probably be a much tighter game, I guess. Um, so you, I mean, when you look at it, three, Let's take Ohio at Ohio State out of it, right? But when you look at it, Michigan State, Illinois, and Wisconsin all at home. The only road game beyond the horseshoe 
is at Purdue. And right now, that's the only one on the books where we're not favored beyond you know, Ohio State. So, I mean, if he, if, 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 capital I-F, right, if it's four out of five down the stretch, that would be great. That would be phenomenal. Now, we need Iowa to lose once because we're probably going to lose Ohio State. But, I mean, it's just, that would be a great way to have that second part of the season after the bye to kind of learn from your mistakes and, and, and a lot of these young guys um, getting better as we speak. And we still don't have our best linebacker, but Williams in that, Bur- what is it, Burkowski or whatever, these two dudes were making plays, man. One's a sophomore, one's a freshman or whatever. I mean, these dudes are making plays. So, And it's funny because someone asked him about Cody. Technically speaking, it could be a redshirt year because, remember, you can play in four games. And when, when – when Burns, Ryan Burns asked him, I think it was Burns, he asked him, and, and, and Fleck just looked at him, like, that, yeah, I mean, that could be, it's a, technically you can do that. And I'm like, oh, I see what's going on here, you sly devil, you. So if you can get Cody back, that just helps the defense. And the defense played like the defense we've known since 2019. They really did. They shut down the run, gave like two big plays up, um, yeah, man. I think they'll beat Michigan State. I don't think it'll be the beatdown we, we gave them last year. I agree with your four out of five thing, but, you know, <clears throat> a snowstorm in Columbus. You know, right, right. You, you never know. You know, And they don't run the ball that well this year. No, and you cut off the receivers, you know, that's that could happen, you know. So I don't know. I don't know, you know, that that's obviously on the yeah, wish let's list. Get there, but, right? Yeah, I'm not sure that's good. And Illinois is a little not what Illinois was last year. Uh but yep. you know, Bielemus knows how to play us, so that's sure always does. something to look at. And but I like it, man. I like what you're thinking about it. And um and then again, you know, if you get to that point you're gonna look back in the Northwestern like we look mm-hmm. back every year at one game and next year we'll talk about Northwestern and you know, how it goes <laughs> in a cycle. You just gotta get rid of that one game. And I remember after the the first one of those, I can't remember who it was that we dropped. It wasn't Miami, Ohio. It was uh, the year before that where we Bowling just dropped Green. it. Bowling Green. <laughs> How could I forget? Uh, you know, you think, okay, that's not going to happen again. They learned their lesson, and they just, you know, they have it somehow. So now they're, you know, I don't know. But let's hope they get over that hiccup next year. But, you know, I, I think I did see that Taylor signed an NIL deal. Yes. Sorry, that's hard to say fast. NIL deal. Yeah, well, he's going to sign one. He's yeah. signed with an agent that gets him one, yes. Okay. So that's good. You know, that's he's going to 30 well. carries a game, so he, right. he should feel the stain. <laughs> and then the year after, he's getting 50, like Mo. So, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, look, this is where you and I have always kind of stood on the go for football program, man. Is like when we were in high school, it was a joke. And now we're to a point where, there's some kids out there that don't know that right. how bad that program right. was. Nope. I mean, it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, they don't even know they're so. spoiled right now. They don't know back-to-back nine-win no. seasons is spoiled. I have no idea. The dumps that we were in uh, at some point in time, just changing uniforms every year for, you know, something. 
just something and quotes from Wacker. Like if Wacker it wasn't for that, it wasn't for that 60, 70, 80, and 90 yard run, we were in that game. But the kids are trying hard though. The kids, they never yeah, quit. They did, That's yeah. the thing. These kids don't oh. know how to quit. <laughs> so long story short, we're in a totally different place with this program. And that's, you know, we can talk, we can actually have a segment on it where, you know, probably 20 years ago, we just, what would be the point? You know, it's like, I'll go yeah. for the again, move on. Um, Let's read the Wacker quote. Yeah, exactly. And laugh a little bit about, you know, a 50 spot laid on by Michigan. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a relevant program now. And, you know, I think that's really all you can ask for, especially in the way and the, the, the shape of college football at this point in time. And it, it's yeah. nice to have, you know, said, so you know, Saturday, watch the Gophers. It's, it's not going to be yeah. an excruciating thing to do, you know. And uh, so we're there and, you know, I, Northwestern or no Northwestern. I mean, it's a competitive football team and you, obviously you're going to want more, you know, obviously you right. want to get, you want, you don't want to just sit and okay, we're kind of good. So let's just stay kind of good. You know, we don't want, we, you know, we want to try to rise up the ranks, but um, I couldn't be happier with, you know, I, we kind of started, you know, Chris, when we started the show back in what, 2018 now, yep. uh, they were just starting this rise with Fleck. We're like year zero. What's year zero? Why are there so many <laughs> freshmen on the field? And everything? We don't have any offensive linemen. Yeah, we have four yeah. offensive linemen on the team yeah. in spring practice. Yeah, and now it's like okay, we got you know, we got depth and all this stuff, and got a pair and a spare. We've had so many draft picks since then, and uh, talents improved, and you know they did get the new facility. So I guess you know just to wrap it up as far as the Gophers, my Gopher take is concerned, is it just. It's refreshing, especially when you see where where this program was and and where it's where it is now, <clears throat> and where it could go. I mean, we're talking about winning four of the last five against some quality teams, and and thinking that if we get a snowstorm in at Ohio State, we got a chance. I mean, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, and at the beginning of the year, you know, we were eight and four regular season, and with the schedule, you know, what we were talking about is if you got back eight and four, I mean, <laughs> that would be crazy, you know. Well, it's there. It's there. It's going to be tough, but it is there. That's even without a snowstorm, right? You can still get the – I mean, if you got to 8-4 with this schedule, it's actually a damn good year. Like you said, a lot of people don't realize it. But, um, yeah, man, it's just – it's it's really nice. It's it's just really, really nice to, to actually have that glee and a couple Iowa friends that always give me shit every year. You know, it's like, all right, motherfucker. Let's talk now, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, we'll end it at that point. Um, we'll be back next week, and let's hope uh, we can double dip again, right? Let's hope we can double dip again. We'll be back next Monday. 